All right. Welcome to a, another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage, everyone. As usual, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And with me pretty much also, as usual, is our marketing director, one of our other coaches, and all-around superhuman, Jen Good morning, Jen. It is morning, morning where we are. I know you hate that I say that shit because nobody ever uh, listens to this while we're recording it because it doesn't make it up to the podcast platforms for a couple of days anyway. Yeah, it's okay. All right. Okay. Um, so we've got a pretty unique guest for you guys today. Um, one of the weirdest people I know on the planet. Now, this is somebody that we have spent an incredible amount of time with, somebody that we uh, consider near and dear <clears throat> to our hearts, a former coaching client, a mile-high mastermind speaker, a team leader with different real estate companies around the Denver metro area, as well as a whole host of other things, keeping him from being able to sleep, eat, or bathe properly with the limited amount of time left. Welcome to the show, Rob Tate. Hey, Rob. Who needs, who needs sleep? Sleep? Well, you could use a bath, though, man. You smell like a goat. I mean, <laughs> I used goat cheese in my spaghetti bolognese this weekend. That, uh, no, that's, that, that might be the problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how you been, Rob? Haven't seen or talked to you in a minute. Um, I mean, it's been crazy, but good. Um, you know, the real estate market, as we all know, is shifted yet again um and it will continue to do so uh, my other core businesses are just taking off like crazy uh, my wife and i are attempting to get pregnant and yeah that's a lot <laughs> that, that is, a, is lot. a lot i like how we stopped on that last one and got really contemplative about wow pregnant. did you know there's an acronym for it i didn't know that no yeah you've got to like, share uh, TT attempting to pee. It's like TTP. So like people who are TTPing don't like to say the whole phrase. And so they turn it into an acronym, oh. which I don't know why we just don't, you know, say sex. Trying but... to pregnate. <laughs> TTP. Try... Okay. Hey, okay. Trying so to no, get pregnant. Of the day. I think it's TTC, trying to conceive. It sounds oh. so clinical. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that will certainly be a, well, I don't want to say it'll be a big undertaking because who doesn't like that part, but being a parent uh, is certainly uh, one of the most difficult jobs on the planet. That'll be a new treat versus anything you've been working on thus far, I promise. That's what I've been told. Oh, yeah. It is a, a unique challenge. No but, question about it. The but funny really, part I is, have like seven kids right now. They're called real estate agents, but that's <laughs> true. What you are doing is running an adult daycare. Yes. And I know your agents. So I will confirm that uh, that's the case. In fact, I even took Matt out to a hockey game within the last couple of weeks. We had a really good time. Yeah. Oh, nice. But yeah, let's uh, circle back to this goofball real estate stuff because I'm really curious about the fact i mean obviously you're part of our audience you've been part of our audience you've uh consumed our content hell you've even paid for our content 
And I think that there is something unique to be said about what is going on in the real estate market right now, certainly in the major urban areas, Denver being no exception, and what people are doing to, I don't want to say supplement, but for lack of a better term, supplement their lead gen work. How are we continuing to be relevant, stay in front of people, generate leads is the end result there, we would hope. And what are you doing? What are you seeing your team doing? What are you instructing your team to do to stay on that track while there is a significantly lowered amount of business going on? Yeah, so a few things that I've seen. Um, first, I've seen lead purchasing and online lead generation, you know, like the Zillow buys, realtor buys. I've seen those all tank. And I've actually seen them tank state, like countrywide, right? Like I was at a, I was at a large event with, you know, some really, really big hitters. I mean, you know, compared to them, I'm like really small. And all of them dr have drilled down their lead spend. Like, so online lead generation is super down. Um, everyone's finding that in this market, Online lead generation really kind of targets the, the lower prices. And those are more difficult right now due to interest rates and qualifications and blah, blah, blah. Um, so realistically, we've we've always been kind of a back to basics kind of firm, but we're even, we're hitting that even harder um, now than we ever have. Like we're really focusing on our nurtures. We're really focusing on our nurture calls. We're really focusing on authentically expanding our sphere. Um, and we've been doing so for quite a while, which I think better prepared us for all of this than it did, you know, most people who kind of just like accidented into it. I mean, first and foremost, you're not, as you and I like always talk about, and as you preach more than most people, if you don't consistently lead generate, you're going to be screwed. And so, you know, we haven't seen a downtick in our business at all. Um, but, and that's despite the market has seen like a 25% downtick in, in units. Um, and it's because we consistently touch people. Um, and I think if you're not doing that, like if Th you don't- This is why we had to ban you from our office. <laughs> <laughs> they like it and you know it. <laughs> um, like if you're not talking to at least 10 people a day. Oh yeah you're 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 gonna be sol like you know we're picking up we're like i picked up three pieces of business last month from terrible agents who don't know what they're doing and we just came off of two years of it wasn't hard to make money to and and you had to have no skill to make money to this is now a skills-based market it's a lead gen based market it will be you know i think till 2030 at least and that's going to be the world. So sad, like either saddle up or get out of the game. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, uh, Jen, you'll have to forgive me. I know we did our uh, video blog in recent weeks. I'm not sure it's been published yet about education, staying sharp. Being those really, last weeks. Was it, last it was recently. Week? Yeah. We recently recorded it. I don't know <laughs> if it's been distributed yet. Um, but yeah, it is certainly an important piece of the puzzle. And obviously the contact management, this is the first thing we work on in our coaching program is your contact database, your contact management. Frankly, even now, 
that formula of you being able to generate a lead per month from every hundred people in your contact database, if you're exercising those activities properly, still holds true. So yeah, 10 a day. Um, well, I guess if you're actually having 10 conversations a day, um, along those same lines of touching people, and I'll try to keep that appropriate as well so I don't get banned from other people's offices, I would say, gosh, I don't know, we're probably doing somewhere in the neighborhood of three or 400 a week. That certainly results in at least 10 conversations a day. And I think it's important to understand that one of those skills, one of those education pieces that's really, really unique now, unfortunately, versus what I've been seeing in a lot of real estate and mortgage work in, well, really over the last year now, is that, and we've started to talk about this a lot, and we've started to write about this a lot, but there are two different types of sales. One of them, which we've all been you know, victims of since birth, because we've all been somebody's target audience since birth, is kind of the manipulation, sales by manipulation. Let's put it that way. And don't get me wrong, that still goes on, and there's still a place for that. And, um, you know, if I told you how tasty some McDonald's French fries would be, you can actually smell them right now. Um, that's sales by manipulation. What I see the really great mortgage originators and real estate agents, and this is true even of some insurance people and financial planners, doing right now is really focusing on sales by problem solving. Really digging in, asking pointed questions, really getting to know people, getting to figure out their pain points, figuring out if there's any gap they can bridge by what they sell, whether it's a house or a mortgage or insurance or whatever the case may be, to solve those pain points. And the the chasm between the sales by manipulation and the sales by solving problems has become so large that it's blowing my mind. What literally is going on with these industries, um, and I've, I've kind of fallen into a recent trap of this just by default, and I'll uh, call uh, one of our good friends and colleagues, Sarah Daniels, to the carpet. She's been an account executive with Wholesale Mortgage Banks pretty much my entire career, and she's so good at what she does that I don't really care who she works for. Um, I'm going to work with her, and in the process of getting uh, approved as a mortgage broker, as a broker owner with her newest wholesale mortgage bank, they accidentally did a hard credit inquiry on me to figure out whether or not I'm worthy to fill that role, I guess, whether or not I'm bouncing on, uh, you know, defaulting on mortgages myself or whatever. And <clears throat> I must have received a hundred, easily a hundred phone calls from the bureaus selling my information as what we in the industry call a trigger lead. One of those leads that people are buying. Now, trigger leads are probably at the very bottom of the barrel when it comes to the expense, uh, because all you know is that I had an inquiry on my credit for a mortgage. That's all you know. Mm -hmm. And the volume of people that were trying to sell me via manipulation, and I let every one of them try to sell me, versus the ones that were actually trying to get to know me to figure out my pain points, to see if they could solve them, so on and so forth. And uh, not that they would be able to, anyway, really open my eyes to what's going on with leads, with manipulation sales, with 
those few people left that are trying to do pain point solution sales, those kinds of things. And yeah, I think it's made a big impact. And frankly, I think it goes even deeper than that. I think we're starting to see the dawn of people doing some shady shit again. Oh, and that oh, yeah. part of it scares me. <laughs> Oh, yeah. that, that part of it is really starting to weigh heavy on my mind. Oh, my God. I mean, I was with my title company last weekend, and we had to report somebody on something we found on title that is just massively illegal. Um, so, no, the shady stuff is coming out. But, you know, kind of to your point, like, you know, let's say you go to Best Buy, right? And I'm a very big shopper at Best Buy. I even have a Best Buy guy that I text. I don't even walk in there anymore. And so <laughs> you are you keeping them in of business. You do. Uh, for those of you that used to work for Circuit City, that's your fault. You should have friended Rob at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. So anyway, um, if you talk me into a TV that I really don't need or want, right? You know, like you you upgrade me one level on a TV or whatever, right? Like it doesn't really, although it impacts my life, it doesn't massively impact my life. If I talk you into purchasing a house or to selling a house that you really didn't or shouldn't have done, that's a big deal, man. Like huge. Adam, you remember that when we were had that mastermind in person and there was that guy, his name was Mike and we won't say anything more, but Mike was at the end of the table and he said, one of the ways I generate leads is I talk to I advertise about talking to people about renting their house and then I go into their house and I convince them to sell it and I was so disgusted because like if that guy should have rented his house even though you missed a commission right that's what you should be doing and you'll have a client for life if 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 you treat people like that Mm. but like our like we're real estate isn't the type of industry where you should talk or manipulate or to emotionally pigeonhole or push people to do this like this is a big deal this isn't like a oh i got that guy to you know i upchart i got that guy to buy a bigger tv right yeah yeah i got him to take the heated seat option right yeah yeah no nope. like, i this, would agree this with isn't that. that and i think that there's an even bigger inherent failure that the people who are doing this aren't realizing which is a bigger picture, a a five-year picture, a 10-year picture. If we're actually behaving in a manner that is going to be informative, be educative, really help people gain success, right? This is old Zig Ziglar shit. Help as many people as you can get what they want. You'll get what you want. But if I am so hyper-focused on the transaction rather than the client, then I'm probably going to lose the client. Now, more importantly, yes, you may get that one transaction out of it, but people, you know, buy multiple houses over the course of their homeownership career, and they take multiple mortgages over that same period, and they have the capacity to refer a bunch more people who are going to do the same, and so on, and so on, and so on. And if we really look at somebody's long-term career, decades-long career, that one person could easily be a key to a hundred transactions over the next however many decades. And you decided to burn them for one. That's yeah. just stupid. Yeah. And, and it's not, they'll find out, like we just sold a house for somebody that they 
that they bought in 2020. It was one of those purchases that they mm. never should have gotten into. Mm-hmm. Never. Ever. Like, whatever agent they had was a moron that <laughs> that got them into what they got into. Well, and, it's only 99% of licensed individuals giving the rest a bad name. So Yeah. But because they because they just treated it like a deal, like a transaction, like a, a commission, right? Two years later, or three years, I guess from twenty three. Three years later, they weren't called because because of that. Like they weren't called to do that of transaction course. again. Of course not. God, I do remember one in that era uh, that was really really ugly. Guy put his house on the market, wanted to move into a new one, sold it lickety split for more than he was asking. And couldn't find another. Could not find a house. Literally had no place to go live. And the agent just tucked his tail and went into hiding and quit responding. And um, yeah, he got his commission on the sale. And um, yeah, it was it was ugly. It was definitely yeah. ugly. I, I uh, ah, that poor client. Yeah, I mean they did eventually get a home. It wasn't what they uh, really wanted, but um, neither here nor there. It was. Uh, a real problem, not having that kind of foresight, not having that kind of forethought for you, your clients, your business, on and on. Major, major deficit. I, I hope we, well, I hope we continue to see an exodus of people that are behaving in that manner. And before I forget, yes, good morning, Scott from the Washington coast. We miss you here in Denver. Rob, did you ever uh, interact with Scott Davis? He was a real estate agent here for a while before moving to the great state of Washington. No. Hi, Scott. No. Where are you? I don't yeah. see you in the box. And, and Scott's a car guy, Rob, and I know you and I have a lot of work to do there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Scott and I have been uh, friends for years, and uh, we do chat a lot about car guy type stuff, so it's, it's uh, well, it's one of those things. And Scott, I promise, Rob, who doesn't know shit about cars, is going to know all about cars this year. We're, we're going to educate him, I promise. That's another story for another episode, yeah. but we're going to get into that. Uh, we're going to get well into the weeds on that. That's going to be a that'll be good exciting. year for it. It'll be fun. Um, real quick, though, I want to tell your listeners a few things because I don't think most people understand or know this. Um, one, when I said a skills-based market, you're going to actually have to understand a lot more about a transaction than you ever have before. Um, and two, Adam, we're going to see people get out of this business because there's just not going to be enough deals. Right, right now, we're down 25% a number of listings year over year. And it's not like 2021, the first quarter was all that, or 2022 was all that amazing. No. Right. And it was still a fraction of what we need. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like the reason is sellers aren't putting their house on market because who wants to dump a 2% mortgage. Right. And so until that washes out of them, until the 2% mortgages wash out of the industry, we're going to see an inventory constraint for that and if the average homeowner owns their house seven to nine years and it started in 2020 and we're going to see those average years go up i think we're going to be in a struggled inventory market until at least 2030 like hang on to your seats kiddos this is what it's like well struggle meaning what it looks like right now yeah okay and and i would consider struggled an understatement right what's uh for the Let's use some, you know, mathematical examples for the seven metro counties that make up the Denver area. What's the total residential inventory, give or take, right now? Three thousand. Um, 
I don't, I don't know that like on market today, uh -huh. I can tell you that for the seven metro counties or the six metro counties, like I don't put Gilpin in, like I don't care. Okay. Um, <laughs> like, but for the, for the major metros, right? We put on 11,000 homes in the first quarter where we're pretty typically used to almost 15,000. Well, and that's typical in recent years. A balanced market, let's uh, let's ignore the fact that we're never, ever going to have a buyer's market. Not that most people in our industries have ever seen that anyway. But a balanced market in the Denver metro area, population about 4 million, is 35,000 listings at any given moment. Yeah. And we've got 10% of that. And even when it was healthy by modern year, by this decade standards, we were at 20% of what would be considered a healthy inventory. Yeah. And yeah, it's not, I don't see it shifting. I don't ever see it being balanced in my career or in my lifetime. I'm younger, so maybe mine. <laughs> uh, I love how he thinks he's that much younger. All right. Um, and there is some truth to that, maybe. But you know, we've got all kinds of issues that have culminated in this problem. Um, historically, for centuries, one of the biggest things that's made Americans Americans is we all have our own space. We don't do multi-generational living, really. They do pretty much everywhere else, Europe, Asia, Latin America, so on and so forth. The baby boomers, and I'm not calling out boomer behavior, and I'm sure I've made this rant on the podcast before, but the boomers, an enormous population, are living longer and staying in their homes longer. We don't have that inventory coming in. And then Jen, she's the problem. No, I'm not going to call out any millennial isn't, behavior. Wait, isn't Rob too? Oh, Rob is a millennial. Yeah, very I'm an elder millennial. He is yeah, an elder millennial. thank you. But... <laughs> Um, you guys are now the only population bigger than the boomers, and you're all of homeowning age, and you've owned, are owning, are buying homes. I've got no idea what poor Gen Z is going to do, and that one I'll circle back to, but the builders don't build at the pace they used to, literally like 10% of their peak. So we don't have homes hitting the inventory. The population keeps growing. It's just it's going to be a bigger problem than it is now when we well and the about... builders real quick new stat because I'm on the I'm on the development services aspect too new stat on builders they're they're selling land they're, they're selling selling land. the land they own they're selling wow. land instead right. of building houses on it yeah wow like, this problem's getting worse not better they're selling okay. land. they're like uh we're not sure what to do we're gonna take some land off our books because you know we don't want we don't want as much land right now. Well, and you and I have talked about this for years, and we've probably even talked about it in previous podcast episodes that you've been on, but we're getting to a point. If this continues, supply and demand problem, obviously driving prices up. There were years where we were seeing 20% year over year. 10 would still be considered excessive. Real estate doubling in value every five to 10 years is Looney Tunes. And the result of that is that owning a home is going to be a luxury item, a true luxury item. You know those guys out there that can buy Lamborghinis? Those are the guys that are going to be able to buy homes, not the average Tom, Dick, and Harry. And right now, the people that I'm seeing that are in the millennial generation, in the Gen Z generation, a few that even trickle into older generations than that, mine included, 
don't seem to be able to get their head around the fact that if you don't buy a home today or own a home today or buy a home fairly soon, you may never get to. Buying one now is going to give you the leverage, give you that same 10, 20% year over year increase that you're going to be able to leverage that equity into a better home and a better home and a better home. But if you don't own real estate and you're not going to do it in the really near future, you may never get to. You may think, never get to. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think, Adam, if we go back to like, I think I was on this podcast like a year ago. And I think I literally told you at that time, Adam, I think real estate is going to turn into a luxury commodity if this continues. It is. Um, and it's, and it's still just, continuing. Yeah. And I don't like that that prediction is bearing truth, you know, but I don't I don't see a way out of it. There's no way out of it. There, there, I, and I have seen and heard all manner, all kinds of tales of how we can solve it. And I mean, Jesus, we tried a plague. That didn't work. I mean, it right? works. <laughs> I mean, let's be realistic here. We were, uh, we could have even been on the brink of World War III over that time frame. And uh, yeah, still, it's just, it's going to I mean, be a significant problem. I think another one of these things that we don't really consider and have to, and Jen and all of you that are in Jen's generation and younger, I'm sorry, this is going to be a hard pill to swallow because. For all of my life, for all of my parents' life, for pretty much all of their parents' life, yeah, and even historically beyond that, we always expected, believed, and it was true that every generation was going to do better than the one before it. And that's over. You know, there's. I, I saw this meme that was like, it was this dystopian meme that says, never own anything. And it was like supposed to be you know, really positive, but never owning anything isn't positive. And then it's like talking about how now you don't even buy an iPhone, you rent it. Like you can pay $20 a month to whatever. Yeah, you do. And just flip a new iPhone every year. You don't really own it. And you could lease a car or just like, you know, Uber all the time, never really own a car, right? Like there are people out there that are doing this. I have one client right now that is just building, you know, rent to own homes that probably you'll never own. Right. Like we're moving into more for the, the the generation X and other people like, oh, don't worry. You don't own anything. Life is easy. You could just pay us monthly for all the things you ever need. Like that whole and the whole subscription model of business. Right. And that's not the subscription model of business is good for business. It's not good for you. No, not for the consumer. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, you know. it is. I um I did see a great shirt in recent weeks that said "Make Orwell fiction again." <laughs> right, no joke. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, um, you know, there's a reason that prognosticators over decades and centuries have been right because, yeah, they just kind of have a an ability to see the problems that we're creating and the general bulk of human nature is that you know we don't really believe something could happen until it's already happening right and here we are owning a home is going to be a true luxury item it's happening yeah 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 i mean I, and it's not tomorrow like what, four years from now you know, no i won't have 29 year old clients no. in, unless they have rich parents right or 
they were smart enough to buy a house at 21 or 25. Yeah. Then, yes. And I can't express this enough. And it, obviously, it was a very big deal to me that the, the very first house I bought, my primary residence, uh, enabled me to springboard into additional levels of financial independence, financial freedom, financial success that I guess were just commonplace. They were expected. And if you're not looking even harder at real estate and other investments to boot as investments, as securing financial happiness, success, freedom, um, then, yeah, I mean, I am just so terrified for what this is going to look like for my kids and their kids. And yeah, it's crazy. The real estate I mean, market is crazy. I'm glad we got to talk about something crazy with you today, Rob. I know. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, I'm such an economic geek and I, and I watch this like a hawk. Right. Um, you know, and I have access to things that people don't like, you know, how many, what, what builders are doing right now, that sort of jazz. But the, the biggest thing people can do other than hiring intelligent people like you to help them facilitate the transaction is, you know, get in the game because eventually the game game won't be for you. Right. And it's just, you know, there's, there's always a reason not to, right. There's tons of reasons not to, but if you, the longer you wait to get into this game, eventually you won't be able to do it. Yeah. Period. Right. And that's for the majority of the population, the vast majority. There is going to come a time in the not too distant future that the the game will be unattainable. You will not get a seat at the table. And I think you and I had talked about this, and maybe it was on a podcast, but you know, at the time, the average single family home in the Denver city limits was like three quarters of a mil. And if major urban areas like Denver, Atlanta, Seattle, whatever, are going to Double in value over the course of 10 years, that's probably a little generous. Then the average single family home gets to 1.5. Now the average buyer needs a quarter million cash and a quarter million income to sustain the debt. And they don't exist. No. They and the only way to do it is if you already owned a home and you've got 750 grand in equity to leverage on it. Great. Now you can have the same, you know, $750,000 mortgage that you started with. In fact, if you started today, rates are probably lower by the time you do that. Um, although that pendulum swings back and forth. It's a matter of timing. But yeah, it's going to be pretty crazy. Boy, did we go off tangent today, huh, Jen? This is a cheery Rob, talk, you this guys. This is, it's, oh man. Well, we're... Such a, we're... like, heartwarming happy chat well if if you're in our consumer audience which isn't big um but yeah we we fear for you just know that we fear for you i mean it's We're worried like here's the other side of the coin though jen you want to talk about happy chat imagine the people that that are smart and doing this now 10 years Hold from on. now they have assets that they can sell for a ton of money right so it depends on if if you're smart. It depends on if you do what it takes now. If you do what it sure. takes now, like screw your 401k, not to say I, you should actually not invest in your 401k, right? But screw your 401k, your real estate portfolio will be worth more. Oh, for sure. 
Are you laughing yeah. at the background right I'm now? I'm laughing at Simon. Uh, yeah, that's got to be Simon. Like Simon was growing out of Rob's Simon, neck for a Simon second. says wear pink on Mondays. Cool. That's right. <laughs> um, but you're not wrong. The, the bottom line here, of course, and I know my financial planner would hate that I have actually liquidated retirement assets to invest in real estate, but it's constant and consistent. But I think the bottom line here is let's say that I am that, oh, I can barely qualify for the $750,000 home today and I hate the home. Well, suck it up. You're, it's yeah. only going to be temporary. In five years time, you might very well have a million dollars in equity. And if you only make a hundred grand a year, having two point, you know, a quarter million, two hundred fifty thousand dollars for just paying your mortgage, that doesn't suck. No, that doesn't suck. Yeah. And here's the really neat thing that I don't think people get is it can be as temporary as you want. If you want to make your twenty percent per year this year and next year and walk away with a pile of cash after you sell your home and go back to renting, go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've never what? lived in a home more than three years. I'm, I'm, but I'm buying Starbucks stock, which is great. It had a six percent return. Your house had twenty. Yeah, and then yeah. you know, like I was talking to a really smart financial guy. He actually has like five degrees, got like a JD, a financial background, blah blah blah, right? And the reason that he invests in real estate over a stock portfolio is he says, "Listen, you know, a bunch of my money is with Chucky." And if I wanted to, I could leverage my portfolio with Chuck at like 18, 19%. They would loan him 18% of the value of his portfolio to go invest in other places. Mm-hmm. He's like, in real estate, I can get lent up to 80, 90% of my yeah. asset yeah. to go then do it again. Yeah. And then on top of that, I can get a dividend payment, which is called a renter, right? To, to take care of the obligation of the mortgage and maybe make a little extra. Right. So then I've got two market conditions working for me. I've got a dividend payment and then I also have a appreciation Appreciating asset. Right. And if you look at a lot of dividend assets, like a lot of dividend stocks, paying stocks, they're not typically performing 10 percent a year. Right. The dividend paying stocks typically perform less. Not in the last year. <laughs> that, right. that would be excessive. I mean, uh, imagine yes. if you could buy five hundred thousand dollars of Apple. Some bank gives you $400,000 to do that with. And then somebody's going to pay you just to hold the Apple paper. Right. Like, And Apple's still going to pay you a dividend. Right. right. I'm in. Yes. The, the <laughs> investment windfall that goes on in real estate is like no other investment. No. Yeah, that's true. All right, Jen, I see. Yes, we ran way the hell over and you knew we would. Um, and good morning, Erica. I see she chimed in as well. Uh, hope you had a great weekend. Um, but yeah, Jen, what's what's going on these days at Just the Tips? How are we doing? All the things. All the I, things. I did fulfill my obligation to get uh, on my book this week. I just want you to know after last week's podcast. I stuck to my calendar. Thank you, Mr. Better. Abel. Yeah. Uh, so social media day Denver tickets are on sale early bird pricing through the end of April um, it's a great one day event we'll have between six and eight speakers we're going to talk about AI which is like the buzzword right now I'm really excited for that I realized this weekend how much I use chat GPT and it's insane I use it almost every single day now 
So if you're not using it, if you don't know how to use it, we're going to talk about that. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to call anybody out, but I had uh, cocktails with a friend late last week who uh, used it to write his wedding vows. Oh my God, that's amazing. Just saying. And I... they were over the moon. His wife was beside oh, yeah. That's amazing. All right, I had somebody going. who, um, <laughs> it was her anniversary and she used ChatGPT to write a poem to her husband. And it was like tear-jerkingly amazing. Like, yeah. So we'll talk about that. Cool. Um, we're going to talk about Google My Business. We're going to talk about streaming. Well, all the things. All so the things. early bird Social tickets. Social media day. Yeah, and socialmediadaydenver.com, text tips to 63566. There's lots of ways to get access to those tickets. Um, price will go up on May 1st, and the event is Friday, June 23rd at Metro State University, the same location we've had at the last couple of years. Um, if you are interested in sponsoring, I think we're full for speakers now. So if you're interested in sponsoring, definitely reach out to me, smdaydenver at gmail.com. And then Mile High Mastermind tickets are also on sale. That oh. is September 29th. And 30th um which sounds like it's a long ways away but it's not, it's not. so <laughs> yeah it'll be here before we know what i have a feeling um so if you're interested in speaking or sponsoring that one definitely reach out to me as well uh, and you can get all things just the tips by texting tips to 63566 thanks we have a big year uh still it's uh april we've burned more than a quarter of it with a lot of stuff to get done still in less than nine months well, Rob, thank you again for doing our podcast again. I'm sure yep. we'll uh, catch up with you soon. We have a lot of car talk. We got to bring Rob up to speed in the in the moto world. From road baby, speed. So that'll be a lot of fun. Rob's going to have a need for speed. Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> I started pointing out really cool cars to my wife when we were driving, and she's like, "This is this is so terrible." Yeah, mine too. Um, and yeah. she knew she was marrying a car guy. You, we are going to turn into a car guy. So that's going to be a whole new level of, I'll be able to hear your wife roll her eyes from I here. mean, I need another expensive hobby for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone once told me the best way to become a millionaire in auto sports is to start as a billionaire. That's like wine. That's all of them, right? Like, all of them. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you, Rob. I know carving out this kind of time on a Monday morning is no easy uh, piece and that you probably have 3 million other things that you need to get to as well. Um, Jen, let's get Rob back on the books for a, another episode sometime in the middle of 24, I'm guessing. July of 2024. That would be in the middle. And for the rest of you, thank you for tuning in. If you're catching us live, you can. If you want to catch us live, you can do that at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. We do our video cast live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And the podcast itself can be found a couple of days later on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon. Thanks for tuning into another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. And we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Thanks, Adam.